I am so thrilled to have Amanda Goff sat in front of me today. I actually can't believe that this incredible woman is here <laughs> in my home. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. You're so uh, you are so welcome. Thank you for uh, to people who are listening. Tori has a beautiful dog, a beautiful husband, a beautiful baby. Beautiful coffee. So I'm very, very, very honoured. Thank you. Oh, my God. Well, look, if you're a potential guest, just know we look after you. Yeah. <laughs> and you get the whole family experience the, the, when the, you hus- come. the husband was vacuuming. The, mirror, <laughs> the illusion had begun. <laughs> yeah, you arrived early. I was like, shit, yeah. she's not going to think we live in a magazine. <laughs> that classic thing of like, oh, my God, the baby's put food all over the floor. We need to make it look like... It wasn't like that. Don't worry, I created Chris had the Dyson out. Yeah. Um, Guys, some of you may know Amanda as Samantha X. Samantha X was Australia's highest paid escort. She is also a mother of two, a celebrated author and a journalist. And this year she announced via Instagram that she was hanging up her heels and retiring from sex work. I have loved following your story, Amanda, over the years, um, from the way that you proudly outed yourself as Hugh Gasps, a mother who volunteers at the school tuck shop and a wildly successful escort, to your decision to leave the industry behind. More recently, you have shared your experience with sobriety. Um, I mean, there's just so much to cover today, and I promise you, Peachy fam, I will be asking all the questions that spring to mind. Amanda has generously cleared me to ask her anything, <laughs> and honestly, that's how we fly on this potty, and thank God. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just need to have a juicy, deep, and meaningful. Yes, yes, yes. That's my middle name. <laughs> if I name. wasn't pregnant um, and you went sober, I would have cracked the wine, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> you don't want me drinking, believe me, it'd be a nightmare. I'd be dragging you to the bordellos. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I would have loved that. Um so welcome. Thank you. Um, I would love to take things back to the yes. beginning. You started your career in journalism. Yes. And naturally you didn't do that in halves. Um, can you give us a peek into your life as the editor of a successful beauty magazine? Sure. So I um, grew up in London and I studied journalism and I used to work in London for the tabloids chasing celebrities down the street and you know, it was that it was that era of paparazzi. She was a hustler. I was a hustler. Um, Princess Diana, all that kind of stuff. So um, I really enjoyed that. It was great fun. And then I moved to Australia and I was a journalist on most of the magazines here. Marie Claire, um, In Style, Woman's Day, New Idea. I worked for the Daily Telly, Channel 7. Whoa. Yeah, oh, it's hard. Literally, work. nothing you do is like <laughs> you, you haven't nailed. It seems, <laughs> but um, I was news editor, features editor, and then I became a, the beauty editor. And believe me, beauty editor is a really good job because you get oh. all the freebies. Seriously, I was the most popular girl in the office. I had a cupboard, literally the size of this office, full of Chanel, Givenchy, <gasps> Mecca Cosmetica, oh. anything, you name it, I had it. And everyone was like, oh, I just need a lipstick for tonight. Yeah. And I was like, no. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> mine. But, you know, I, I just love that. I love being a beauty editor. In fact, my old editor, New Idea, said to me once, when I die, Amanda, she says, I want to come back a beauty editor. <laughs> you know, you get everything for free. Um, and you're such a girly girl. Oh, like, I, love, I loved yeah. all that stuff. Um, but you know what? My skin was really bad because I was putting all these products on. Too much. Yeah, it was too much. Um, but then, yeah, so that that was when I became Samantha, I was working at a magazine three days a week. And I believe that you actually interviewed a stripper. 
That's right. And that's what kind of years ago. sparked, pricked your ears up, so to speak? Oh, yes. So years ago, I was working for a magazine called B. It doesn't exist anymore. And um, one of my features was to go and backstage at a strip, a strip joint in King's Cross. It was called Dancers, which was very flash. It was above um, Hugo's. Oh my god, that oh, would, oh, oh. what an excellent assignment. Oh god, I'm I so love excited. watching those women dance. Oh my They're god. so incredible. Makes me realise what two feet, two left feet I have. Yeah, Is that yeah. the expression? I always get expressions. Yeah, that's from. it. Yep. <laughs> um and I thought, oh, this is gonna be they're all gonna be weirdos. You know, I thought those women are gonna be nasty, weird, um, junkyish. That's that was my preconceived like that was my perception. Oh, there's a lot of people who would think, think that. that, yeah. Anyway, I went to this strip club and I, it was just like, for me, behind the scenes with all the glitter, the makeup, the perfume, the lingerie, the sisterhood. And I was speaking to these women individually and there were law students, mums, uh, you know, one worked in an office. But making good money. Making good money and really loving it. And I, they, they had something that I didn't have and that was like this self-confidence. Mm. And this power to them that I I probably lacked and looked up to, um, and I just thought, oh my god, these women are so powerful, and mm. I just thought it was really in my head. Then I mean, there's a big difference between being a dancer and being an escort, but I that world that door had been opened for me, and I was just so intrigued. I feel like as women, there's often this like idea of like a good girl denouncing her sexuality, and like as women we're often taught to shy away from that power that we hold. But yeah. I think, fuck that. I I love owning my sexuality and I don't think that it needs to be something that has to be brazen. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, especially, well, these days it seems to be we're, we're a lot more open. Yes. I'm talking 15 years ago. Yeah, no, it was a totally different world. Or even 20 years. It was a totally different world. There were no sex workers writing columns in newspapers um, it was very much an underground thing still, which is why I went backstage and interviewed them because people didn't know anything about these women, you know. Um, so I really believe that in the past decade, that's when it really has become such a talking point and everyone now seems to have an OnlyFans. But anyway, so yes. that's how I started. Yes. So, so th- it, was, it was meeting these women, being, and one of them said to me, you should go and try this, you should put this dress on and go on stage. Oh. And I was like, I really want to. But... I didn't. And what was it that, um, you know, okay, so the seed was planted and you're kind of thinking you're going to – you've started to think you might dip your toe in the forbidden pool, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, How do you go from a journalist – and were you a mum at this point? Mm. Mm. Not when I interviewed the strippers, but when I became Samantha, yes. Right. So how do you go from being a a successful journalist, Mm. a mother of two – and fantasizing about sex work, which I would say a lot of women out there kind of think about, you know, oh my gosh, like this parallel life. Yes. How do you go from the fantasy to actually physically doing oh it? Oh my god! Well, I look back and I think, how did I do that? But how? I was—I had a very normal life. I was very, you know, middle class. I had a house at my, you know, I, I was with a man who had a very normal, stable job. He was a, a you know, a, a normal, reliable man. I had two very, very young children. I lived in a house by the beach you know how we had two dogs I I had a great job I was very normal but there was something that was missing in my life and it was I was living this life that I didn't feel I suited it wasn't for me um and I had this I wouldn't say I just spent all day thinking I want to be a hooker I want to be a hooker that's what I want to (laughs) do I just I just I just didn't I couldn't define it there was something that wasn't right for me and I just 
wanted to run away. Not for my children. I've never run away from my children. and I never would run away from my children. But I wanted to run away from that very conformist life. Um, and it doesn't suit everybody. You know, I thought no. because I was in my early 30s, that's what I should do. That's what I should be. And that's who I should. That's the life I should have. But it, it was it was it wasn't for me anyway. So we separated. And about a year after the separation, um, being single and dating complete losers in that year. And I thought, I'm not going to let another man waste my time. I'm in my by this stage, I was 37. I thought I'm done with dickheads. Number one, I'm done with working nine to f- not well it wasn't ni- it wasn't ever nine to five really I mean it no. works nine to five. No. and I'm done with having no money and I'm done with not seeing my kids when I want to see them because of my I was in the office and being late and da, da, da. and I thought that rat race yeah I was yeah. just over it and I you know got an- anxiety and I just thought now's the time this is this that door that was unlocked for me is wide open now, and I just yeah you're fr- you're not in a relationship, not in a so relationship. you don't have to navigate that. You can have sex with whoever you yeah. want. Yeah, and 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 I thought you know I don't want to climb ahead in my career because that means less time at home. Um, that wasn't the direction I wanted. I didn't want to work for someone else. Um, and I was in my late thirties, and I didn't want to get, get married. Like I've never been married, and that wasn't the life for me. So I thought this is the time to do it. I'm just gonna try i'm like see i didn't know anyone in the adult industry not one soul i just don't understand how you <laughs> fucking did it like i don't know i think oh i was so God. disassociated i think because I, I just got it in my head and because i was a journalist i'm a journalist right so you knew how to contact people I knew and dig things do. up okay um you know i used to be the kind of journalist that would in the olden days we used to just knock on the door of someone you know yeah, like right. a celebrity or you know someone who's you know, some scandal. You literally so you knew how to be bold. Yeah, I knew how to be bold. You knew how to do a cold call or to be a fish out of water. Yeah. That's a skill that we don't really have anymore. Everyone no. is like, everything's online. You can do it from the comfort of your couch. You can be a warrior behind a keyboard, all yeah. that shit. It, you really lose something. And then, you know, I just feel journalists, and I'm not saying all journalists, but the media has changed a lot. There's just a press release and, and online, you don't even meet. the. Pe- mm. uh, you know, when, I, when I'm when i interviewed now, people just sometimes just email me questions and I just email them back. And it's just like that, that to me, you lose the art of conversation and you lose the art of trying to get to the n- crux of what the story is. And also there's no warmth. Like I, with this podcast, I do occasionally have people who really just want to do it online and via Zoom. And I just insist until they come here because for me I think that an input you can feel the difference and also like these are people who I've have a vested interest in I've researched I want to be in a physical space with them and connect with them and you get so much more out of someone when you've met them and you can and also now we're friends yeah exactly (laughs) and I get to cuddle your dog yeah um yeah exactly so you knew what okay so so how like what was the first step Oh god, it's taking me back now. Um, so you approached? You call it a I, yeah. So I just, you know, I think I just looked. I can't remember online or whatever, but I, I, I approached this very boutique place in North Sydney that was on the, in a penthouse, and I went to for an interview with the madam. And oh honestly, God. it was. What do you wear to an interview oh, with the madam? I, I actually can't remember. But I remember sitting there thinking, I cannot believe I am here. Like, I cannot believe I am here. But it was, I was always, I was, as a journalist, I was, te- I was, I was discovering the story. I was intriguing myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to see how far I could push it. And I was sitting there thinking, 
you know, looking at the looking at her computer, looking at what she was wearing, you know, and I just thought, fuck, I just feel this is just so interesting. This is just so interesting. And she was very posh, very, very posh. And um, she was like dressed in very classy, very, very classy. And uh, yeah, she, she, she just, she didn't sell it to me because I was sold already, but she said, you'll do very well here. What kind of questions does someone Ah. ask you? It's nothing to do with sex. Right. Just why do you want to do this? Make sure that I was doing it for the right reasons, not to feed a habit or that I was just desperate for money or, you know, that I hate men. Mm. Those are the wrong reasons. Mm. Um, And I guess she was just sizing you up. She just wanted to suss me out Mm -hmm. to make sure I was, you know, relatively normal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I fooled her. Um, (laughs) And, um, yeah, she just when I could work, when I was available, you know, she just told me a bit about the job, the clients. You know, I remember her saying they're very dull, dear, very, very dull. And I was like, sounds great. <laughs> and um, and so how soon after that interview are you going back for your for your first shift? Uh, I think probably a few days later. Oh. I thought I'm just going to do this, otherwise I'd just bottle out. Oh, my God. And, like, okay, so here I am thinking if it was me. <laughs> first of all, I've got to do some freaking upkeep. <laughs> I've got to remove some body hair. Yes. I've got a fake tan. I'm thinking undies. I'm thinking I can't be sober. Like, what do you do for your first night? Tell well, us it was during everything. the day. I never oh used to work God. nights. It was, it was during the day. That's even more like because under the cloak of darkness, yeah. everything's a bit easier, isn't it? Oh my God, it was during the day. And it was a Saturday afternoon, and this the, my first client was this very normal, dull, grey anonymous man who just talked about watching the voice on telly and that he was getting the train to Wollongong after and it was just I I just what I couldn't believe was that how normal it was and I was you know I I just thought so that was the very first person you had sex with for money yeah and was it I'm sorry I've got so many questions yeah was it that had had he booked you specifically or was it that scenario where there's like he chooses. There's like a no, line no. Up he of girls. booked me specifically. Okay. And um, after that hour, I realised straight away that this job wasn't about sex. That this man had come for what well, we talked for ninety percent of it. And like, can I ask you some really intimate questions? Mm-hmm. I want to know, like, at what point do clothes come off? Do you? Is it generally that you come in, you have a chat, and then it's sort of your role to accommodate and initiate and go, okay, well, should we take our clothes yeah. off now? Yeah. And like, is it easy to get them hard? I mean, it must be so different <laughs> because like I'm thinking, <laughs> how do you approach this penis? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, penis. Hello, penis. <laughs> like, are they often? I mean, I guess it's just it depends Look, on the man, right? I'd say ninety ninety nine point nine percent. It's over very 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 quickly. Okay. And a are they keen the time, to just dive in or do they no, like... No, okay. a lot of... They don't want to rush because they know it's going to be over very quickly. Um, a lot of the times there's not even penetrative sex. Little handy. Whatever. I, I, guess, I, I call them so. an old-fashioned... <laughs> good old-fashioned <laughs> hand job. Nice. That's an easy... So it's... it's yeah. Honestly, the sex part's easy. That's the easy part of the job. That's a no-brainer. How did you feel after, like, was it... Because, you know, you, I imagine that, you know, or at least for me, I'm building this up as this, you know, this was your first time. And was it like, was there an awakening? And I, I, I guess there was, because you said you were like, oh my gosh. I was I like, is this, this it? Is this yeah, is it? That it? And then I had another client and then he told me about 
his recipe for lasagna or something like that and that how you how he puts sultanas in it oh. and, and that just and then as i was driving home so my, mundane my, my best friend rang me and went, how was it yeah and i went well did you know that you put sultanas in lasagna <laughs> oh my God. it was something like that and that to me just symbolized that 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 sums up the whole job it is so mundane yeah it's so kitchen table and so can i ask you so your very first shift you had two clients. Mm. Do you remember what you made? Like how much money oh, you I made? Was, I was thinking lasagna-wise. I, like, I, don't, I don't cook. <laughs> what did I, you go did, home I, and make? I don't remember what I had to do. No, I'm here. We're talking about the sex. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I made, oh, I don't know, $600 maybe. And did you did you um, have penetrative sex with both of these I men? actually can't remember. You can't remember. Okay. So you okay. – I'd say probably not. And did 600 bucks feel like a lot? Yeah, 600 bucks was like, oh, my God. Amazing. This is so much money for nothing. And it was a few hours. I think it was one hour each. Wow. And I was like, oh, and I thought to myself, oh, no. Here we it, go. The Pandora's box. has been born. Did you feel really good? Like, did you I feel sexy? I felt really good. I felt really powerful. I felt what those women feel. I the felt, dancers that you yeah, interviewed. I felt yeah. like I felt in control. And I felt that the, I had the power. And that was the first time I felt that with men probably. Yeah. And look, there's going to be women listening to this going, oh, that's really sad. That's how she feels power. Or, or No, that's not. No, that's your, that's your experience. That's there's experience. no right or wrong. And I think for a lot of women, particularly um, if you're single and in the dating game and all of that bullshit, it would feel so refreshing to take the reins and feel like you had the power. Yeah. I don't think that that is not a valid point. Well, I just got sick of being dicked around. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what, I have a commodity. I'm a woman. I'm going to capitalise on this. Yeah. I can disassociate for reasons I don't really want to go into. So I can disassociate. A lot of people can't. Mm-hmm. I get that. A lot of people can't do the job. Anyone could do the job, but a lot of people choose not to because they can't disassociate. I can. And I thought I'm going to capitalise on all of those, my little bit of dysfunction in myself, and <laughs> make it work for you. Make it work for me. And so I did. And wow. as soon as I, the first bit of cash I made, I thought, this is not what I thought it was going to be. It's not about sex. I'm a journalist. I can talk to people. I can listen. And I thought, that's what this job is about. I realised very quickly that's what this job is yeah, about. Yeah, you're using all those interview yeah. skills, all those skills of holding the space. That's right. Yes. Okay. And then when I just – I know no, that we'll yeah. talk about it later, but when I when I started to employ women to be escorts, the questions I would ask them, they'd say, oh, you know, I need to have my boobs. Like, no, you don't. Are you a good listener? Do you have compassion? Those are really important questions. I, because they are the yes. most – if you don't have compassion for men – or humans. They'll feel it. Yeah, and if you're not a good listener, you won't be a good escort. It's not about how big your boobs are. I think that is the the crux of this, that people think it's about sex and about – and I'm sure, you know, you had people with kinks and stuff. Yes, of but course. I think a lot of people assume that every client you get, it's like this wild thing when, like, actually from all of the research I've done on you, I've learned that <laughs> it's actually like a lot of the time is, is sitting down and having a chat. Yes. And, and that there are a lot of people who are lonely in this world. I think most people are lonely at some point in their life. Yeah. yeah. And I used to say to men, you know, a, a, a therapist is a lot cheaper than me. Why would I see a therapist? Well, I thought, because all you're doing is talking mm-hmm. and I just don't want to save you some money. But I think they, they men, some men feel there's the judgment with therapists. So. Oh, massively. There's a stupid stigma. And I think that 
on in some way perhaps there's like for them they don't feel like they have the power if they go into a therapist's room yeah. but if they're a visiting a, a bordello or a brothel whatever you want to call it they feel like they've got the control maybe so maybe you know for them that's how they feel comfortable mm. talking to someone mm. so okay i just have so many questions i don't mm. even know where to start but <laughs> shall we go from you working in this mm. penthouse to deciding you're going to go out on your own. Yeah. So I made a decision to become Samantha um, for various reasons. I just thought I could make more money and I thought you know, I wanted to work for myself. So I rented a, uh, a really beautiful unit with water views in the city. How long had you been at the Bordello before this started to happen? Um, I worked in several places on and off for a year or so. And this, you rented a unit that was purely for work? Yes. Okay. I've never, ever seen a client at home and never would. Yeah. That, that it's was important just, to separate. Yeah, yeah. Like, not even in my area, you know, so that was really important for me. Very, very separate things. Um, so, sorry, where was the apartment? In the city. Mm. Yeah, it, it of was course, handy. Yeah, yeah. Get all those men in and out of the office. Yes. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I used to go in for jobs, you know, I used to walk around David Jones having champagne and oysters at lunchtime. You and know. you would meet someone like that? Is that what you no, mean? No, 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 no. It was or just like your part of the, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I would charge, I started out at $600 an hour and then within the years I wrote my books and then I ended up at 1500 an hour. Wow. I know. I just gave it all up. I can't believe it. And how many clients, cause like. Not as I many. You don't yeah. want to. You don't want to fill your day up. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I wouldn't work most days. You know, yeah. I'd only work one or two days, or maybe have one. I mean, or two I'm thinking jobs. of my salary that I pay myself, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You wouldn't. Why would you? Why would you if you can earn that much? Just work a few hours, and you. Yeah, but also I think it's important for me not to work too much because mm. it can be quite draining. Addictive. Yeah, and addictive, and I don't. You know, I. I I just wanted enough to sustain a lifestyle. I didn't want to buy six properties. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to sustain a lifestyle. I wanted to see my kids when I could. Um, and I wanted to have a bit of a life. And I'd been working all my life as a journalist. So I was, you know, in my. Ready for a break. Yeah. I was in my 40s. You know, I, I was doing it for lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I wasn't dating. It was my way of dating because I got connection too. Mm-hmm. And if a man wants to, wanted to pay me three grand to take me out for dinner, well, I'm sorry, but I'm going to take it. So either that or go for free, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and have probably have the same experience, not as good experience, I might add. And so let's talk a little bit more about um, the fact that these men aren't necessarily just interested in the sex. Like you're talking about, I guess what you would call that girlfriend experience of mm. going out to dinner. Mm-hmm. I have, I mean, I've, I've, I've listened to all the podcasts that you've done. I've read all your interviews. You? Oh, I, oh, I'm, God, I'm a, a fan. Job. I'm a fan. I really, I, I love. I mean, for me, like, I'm so attracted to people who are open and oh, who just you, say Joy. it how it is. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's just like, I, it's, it's the way that I like to live my life. Um, and so I'm, fa- I'm always fascinated because I'm the person who always wants to ask the questions that you're not meant to ask. Um, and one thing that I loved that you talked about in your interviews is that what you brought up before, which is, you know, there, you, you might've had um, potential escorts coming to you when you had your agency saying, Oh, I need to do this and I need to do that. I remember you said in one interview, like they don't care no. If, if 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 you've got a bit of a tummy and you've got cellulite, like it, I think that as women we 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 actually make men out to be way more materialistic 
not materialistic. What's the word yeah. I'm looking for? Um, then they are. Yeah, the, the, yeah. About the image. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and I think if you're too perfect, it's very intimidating for men. Um, yeah. Look, w- I mean, I mean, I always tell this story, but one of my busiest ladies was in her late sixties, uh, mid sixties, and she was very natural looking. Oh my uh, god. Yeah. And um, do you think that's a mother? complex no or am I trying to label that when I don't need to label it maybe trying to label it it was it was just because she was experienced not as a sex worker she was married uh she used to grandma uh we called her granny escort (laughs) she hated that actually but she was someone who warm she was warm and she had confidence and that's that's what makes you a good escort is you're warm you have confidence doesn't matter if you're a size zero or a size I mean I know women who work who are size 24 you know, and she's busy. I, I mean, I don't know them personally, but I see them online. It, it doesn't matter. There's something for everyone. Of course, you're going to get guys that want the 21-year-old Brazilian backpacker. Mm-hmm. There's a market for everything. Mm-hmm. And you get the guys that want the 65-year-old grannies. Yeah. You know, and I'm 48. And I could work until I'm 88 if I wanted to. Wow. God, I'd be so rich. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I stop? Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, there's a market for everything. Because men aren't perfect themselves. And men, in my experience, um, were more um, self-conscious about their bodies. Or it really broke my heart because men would say, oh, um, I am Indian. Is that a problem? Or I do have dark skin. Or I do have, you know, I am uh, Asian. Is that a problem? Or I'm very overweight. Is that a problem? And I would just think, my God. One man said, I'm ugly. Is that a problem? And it just broke my heart. And I I actually met him and he wasn't even ugly. And I said to him, who told you you were ugly? Mm. And he said, I just grew up being bullied saying I was ugly. And I just thought, that has broken my heart. I think that intimacy and sex is actually a very healing modality and I think that as women we hold this power to to be I guess it is that 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 universal um blanket sort of idea of mother and that you can mother someone and you can you can be a a, a place of comfort for them mm. and like I have had relationships in my life with men, like really good male friends, who would tell me things that they mm. haven't told anyone. And mm. I think that you men make a great escort, Tori. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That's an amazing compliment, um, particularly with the prerequisites that you've listed. Um, I think that you know there are men who feel comfortable with women because of all of those things that we've just discussed. Mm. Being able to hold, hold, hold you know hold the space mm. so a lot of lonely men mm. how about married men yes 50 percent, i reckon about my ma- or maybe a bit more maybe less i don't know married um you know and i hear a lot about marriage i hear you know we always hear from marriage from the women's point of view i hear from marriage from the men's point of view and marriage is incredibly hard and intimacy quite often dies and i think you people are in denial about that um and sometimes like i'm gonna say it men and women, but particularly men, mm. I think mm. that you got to open up that pressure valve every now and again. Mm. Yeah. I, they need to just ejaculate sometimes. Oh, they do. It's and a- if you're not going to – I know that this is a very unpopular opinion, but if you're not going to provide that for a partner, mm. then I don't necessarily think you should be surprised if they start to search for it elsewhere. Right. Obviously, you know, healthy things are talking about it, not just running off and having sex with someone else. But I – you know, we live in a very woke world and all of these things, mm. but there are some things where, like, nature prevails. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. And I, I got, you know, pummeled in the press when I said that when I came out 10 years ago, that if you're in a marriage and, and either part, doesn't have to be the woman, and, and someone has decided to stop it, the physical contact, 
you know, maybe have separate bedrooms. I don't know. And then, but you will, you say to your partner, I will divorce you if you cheat on me or if you seek it elsewhere. I don't think that's very fair. Whether you're a man or a woman doesn't matter. It's a part, you know, otherwise you just be, may as well become mates. And I had seen, in my experience, a lot of men who are in that situation. Um, and look, I'm not saying... They're trapped then. I don't know. It's not, it's not fair, well, is men, it? Well, I think men and women stay out of fear, money, kids, whatever, what people say, what people think. Convenience. Yeah. And I don't know whether marriage is necessarily realistic these days. I don't know. Like you say, if you have an open communication, but not. I mean, it's easier said than done. Oh, mm. hi, honey. How's your day? Good. Do you mind if I just stick my dick in something else tonight? <laughs> because, you know, people don't talk Yeah, I don't think that. we're having enough sex. It's, it's yeah. totally... And like, I think that it's an incredibly common conundrum it's so common I I, you know I have heaps of friends my age who, who aren't having enough sex so I can't imagine getting to your 60s like I think that yeah it's common and it needs to be talked about well, I think women as well I know male escorts I've got a friend who's a male escort and his clients are married women um it happens it's not just men I mean men men find it easier I think I, I think they they're opportunists mm. a lot of them and I think they find it easier to separate love and sex um Whereas I know for me personally, I mean, I'd love to be all tough, but I kind of, if, I, if I'm intimate with someone, I sort of have feelings as Amanda. You know, I think, oh, you know, maybe we can be together and maybe we can have, you know, and maybe they just want to shag. And I just sort of imagining, you know, us 10 years down the line moving to Byron Bay. You know, and they're just... <laughs> <laughs> and I just met him last night and shag, although I don't do that these oh days. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So many women will relate to that. Maybe we'll move to Byron. Oh Hold God. on, you fucked him once. Yeah. Chill out. <laughs> I thought, oh, he's, he likes farms. Maybe. Maybe I could do a farm. I, I mean, it's not that's near a shopping centre. But yeah. we're conditioned. We've been conditioned by Disney. I'm yes. sorry. It's not our fault. Yeah. And you know what? I love that word Disney because I think a lot of people go into relationships thinking it's going to be Disney. It's not fucking Disney. No. You know, Every it's relationship, not fucking Disney. It's, but it's work and it's – and when I say work, I don't mean like that it should be laborious or difficult. However, like you need to give the same attention and dedication to your partner that you would your job or your child. Yeah. I really believe in making sure that you make an effort. And effort can be in the sense that you make sure that you like – every single day break a physical barrier. Like at the moment, my husband and I are really into um, making sure that Izzy sees us expressing love in a physical way and she loves it. Like I'm, you know, I'm talking kiss, you know, like we, um, Chris and I will often give each other a big hug and a kiss anyway, but like um, I'll say kiss for mummy and Chris and I will have a big hug and a kiss and then Izzy goes and she does a little, she blows a kiss and then she wants a kiss and I want her to grow up surrounded by that. That's lovely. But I think that if you haven't hugged your partner or kissed your partner for a while, then there might be this weird barrier that builds up and like it's 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 work, it's a dedication. It's every single day you make sure you speak words of kindness and you break a physical barrier. Every single day you make sure they're a priority and relationships require work. It's not just going to happen. And if you don't tend to the garden, mm. then it is going to dry up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love so, that. I mean, I'm not surprised that you had, I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, I knew anyway because I've interviewed, I've researched you, <laughs> but I knew that you had married clients. And I think that particularly with older men, perhaps, am I making uh, an assumption there well, or not? Well, uh, is there younger men who are yes. married? Yeah, because I, 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 for some reason I might have been under the impression that it was like a concept that is more older men and marriages. No, the older I get, the younger the clients got, uh, which is funny. It's hot, by the way. And I don't oh. like the hot clients. I do not really? like the hot clients. I freak out. Because but you're too so good looking. beautiful. <laughs> God, I'm ancient now, but thank you. Um, 
you know, I'd freak out because, uh, you know, I just think, oh, God, he's good looking. This is going to be like, what if I fart? What if I like, oh, my God, I wish I'd shave my legs because I got so lazy towards the end. <laughs> I wouldn't even, it's like, oh right, you know, there's a funny thing. Since I've retired, I've started waxing. <laughs> <laughs> I never used to bother before. I'm like, oh, he's not going to see my bum. That's all right. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, let's talk about like some stuff now. Um, can we talk about willies? Yes. So, like, for example, by the way, this is the first time I'm open about sex. I never talk about sex. I'm very, oh, very shy. All my friends are going to be like, of course, Tori's got no okay. to talk about no, sex. No, I get shy talking about sex. I love talking about sex. Okay. okay, go. We can talk about it. I'll just, I'll just have to disassociate. Was there like, um, was there ever a, a dig that was just too big? That you're oh, like, my oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. How am I going to get that? Yes. <laughs> how yes. am I going to deal and with that? And you know what? It's a curse on yeah. that man. Because, <laughs> I, you know, I, it was just, I, and his wife left him. Because she couldn't, yeah. Uh, very wealthy guy, quite well known. No, I'm not telling you who. Oh, I wonder who this big dick belongs to. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was like a, a monster and I just thought, you poor bastard. It, yeah, I imagine it would be. I actually once had sex with someone with a ma- like a penis that was far too big and I remember seeing him get married later in life and I, I literally remember thinking, wow, like <laughs> props to her because I literally could not fit that doodle in my vagina. I And the next day I remember <laughs> – seen my best mate my housemate and I was like my vagina hurts so much oh and we tried so God. many times it was like that sex in the city episode you, with d- Samantha where yeah. she was like I'm gonna give it a go but you just but did you discuss the big penis situation with him um no or did he say oh by the way I have a big penis no he never warned me I mean this is like young and drunk um but I do remember <laughs> the condoms what? literally popping off oh my God. Like you, you couldn't even contain was this it like dick with a condom. White? It or, was everything. Right. It was a monster. And I was like, I just, I mean, you know, give it my best shot. Right. He wasn't a nice guy. But, yeah, I always, I always, you know, saw him get married and I was like, whoa, wow. good for her. And so more nitty-gritty, mm. one of my favourite quotes of yours mm. is, um, I don't care how much money someone offers me, mm. nothing's going near my mm. bum. Yes, and Never I still stand bum. by it. Not still, my bottom. I still stand by that. Um, and so how do you set boundaries as an escort or is it easy? I learnt boundaries very quickly. I okay. didn't have boundaries as Amanda. I learnt boundaries as Samantha. That's what she gave me. Um, and I learnt very quickly that no is a full sentence. And I learnt very quickly that uh, I'm in control and I have the power. I guess when it's your profession and you're being paid, it is easy for you to be like, here's what I will do, here's what I won't do. But when you're Amanda and it's a guy that you like, you might want to move to Byron Bay with, you might want to be like, you've got the disease to please. That's right. I love that disease to please. Where, yeah, totally. And as a Samantha, I'm like, no, no, you can't do that. 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 I don't know why these men paid the money, honestly. Um, Because, but also, don't you think that, there might be, and again, I'm just like, I'm just generalising, but don't you think that some men would like that? Because they respect when a woman has boundaries oh, yes. and knows what she wants and yes. can say no. Because I think if if they're surrounded by women who are constantly pleasing them, maybe that's where you start to get into this realm of you lose respect. Well, these men are terrified, usually. Absolutely terrified. Like, I've seen men shake with nerves. And it all is so endearing. Like, I just think, my God, they're so powerful in their career. You know, he's just given a seminar to 5,000 people, yet he cannot even hold his glass of water properly. So this is a question I have. Yeah. A really sad reality of life is that, um, you know, the most dangerous thing to a woman isn't a shark, it's not a speeding car, it's not a gun, it's actually a man. Mm -hmm. 
but you're talking about these men coming and physically shaking. But did you ever feel unsafe? Um, once in ten years. Wow. Yeah. And once. did you have like um, security measures? Like, did you have someone who's waiting no, outside the door or anything no, like that? No, no, no. This is very, very, very early on, and I was raped. Oh. And sex workers can get raped, by the I'm way. So sorry. No, it's it, oh God. It's it's. You know, it happens to women. You don't have to be a sex worker to be raped. I mean, um, a lot of women have been sexually assaulted, sadly. Um, and it was really confusing for me because I thought, well, well, how did that happen? Like, because he didn't use a condom and I didn't have much say in it. And I just thought, how did how did, how did that – was it something I did or said? Like, how did that happen? How did he think that he could take that from you when you hadn't had the discussion? Yeah, that's, that's right. And I'd lost the power in that room. I lost the power. And I went to the police and they found him and they wasn't enough evidence, but they assured oh. me he wouldn't do it again. So I don't know what happened. I think they weren't they, that nice to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so sorry that you No, that's that fine. Happen. Oh, my God. Thank you. But it was fine. It was, um, it was a good thing to have happened to me because it taught me very quickly about boundaries and it, it, you know, I've I am resilient because I because of what I've been through in my mm-hmm. life. You know, it's not an easy choice. I haven't made an easy choice in mm-hmm. my life. Um, being a sex worker is controversial. Mm. Being public is extremely controversial. So I am resilient. So things like that have tested me, and I've come back bigger and stronger. You know, and um, what doesn't kill you? All that well, jazz, right? And and like obviously. <laughs> It's a, probably the wrong analogy to use with something as horrific as assault and rape. But I do believe that when shit things happen to you, it is character building and that you do ultimately, once you have been able to process it, I think you become a better person because you learn empathy and you might be able to hold space for the next person who who experiences something similar, whether it's grief, whether, whether it's assault, whether it's you know, depression, addiction, if you are able to know what that is like for the next person, then that can often be mm. yeah, something that's beautiful, like a silver lining, I guess. Definitely. And um, it definitely uh, changed me. And it was after then I created Samantha, actually. Right, yeah. Okay. It was after then because I got sacked after that from where I was working because of the incident because I was a troublemaker probably for saying something about it um, and that actually hurt me more than getting sexually assaulted. I was actually really upset about that. But they that. didn't look after you and stand they up for you. Didn't look after me. They said, "Oh, you know, why don't you take a break?" And then I took a break and I never I couldn't physically enter the property again. Um, but that's okay. That's how I created Smart. That's why. See, that's what the good thing that happened. I created this very powerful woman mm. um, and. And so how did you have safety measures as Samantha? Well, I get asked this a lot, particularly by women who want to go into the industry. And, you know, I don't say go and do, um, what are they called? Not keep fit courses. Um, Oh, like a self-defence. Yeah, Yeah. I I, I never say that. I never say anything. I say the the thing that will protect you the most is your gut instinct. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you haven't got your gut instinct switched on, finely tuned, there's no point knowing how to knee someone in the balls, you know, because Mm. you'll never win against a man, really. No, you won't. No, you won't. So um, if something doesn't feel right, it's not right. If Mm. if someone doesn't seem right, he's not right. If you have a feeling in that tummy, you know that feeling. And as women, we know. We We are like... You know it before it's going to happen. We are so well attuned because we deal with this shit every day we leave the house. So, yeah, you know. You know. know. Um, But obviously, uh, you know... 
physical thing, the environmental things. You know, if you're in a hotel, make sure you know where the lifts are. Make sure you remember what room you're in. Uh, is there someone on front desk? Does anyone know where you are? So there was never like a, I mean, this is going to be such a outdated concept, but there was never like a, a pimp or, no. or someone who you'd <laughs> hired as like security. Because I feel like in movies, you are given this thing where like often um, people in the in the sex industry might hire someone usually someone male to help protect no, them I never did no um and I really did, didn't really I'm not saying that you shouldn't but you didn't feel the need no no never never felt the need how do you vet people like do you vet them like okay so so I am I am someone who 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 has gone to your website mm. and I want to come and see you Mm. Um, what do I have to do? Do I fill out a form? How do you say yes to me? Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the booking so process. It's, it's just like when you meet someone for a date, you know, you can tell if they're going to be a weirdo by the things they say or the way they speak or the way they text. Um, the client, I mean, a, a, a normal client would say, oh, hi, Samantha, my name's John. I'm a lawyer. I'm 52. I'd love to take you out for dinner next Friday for three hours. Right. And it's it's almost like I imagine I haven't actually been on an online dating app, but like you can tell when someone's like, hey, babe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's get together. Hey, or, or like more. Where are you located? You know, exactly. I don't even bother And you're like, those. okay, no. Okay. But, but you know, it's, it's um, I'd like to pay a deposit. Do you have your bank account details? Common sense. Yeah. It's just common sense. If, if you know, if and again, you have to use your gut instinct. And I would always say to them, oh, hi, John. Thanks for getting back to me. May I ask what you do for work? If they haven't said what kind of experience you're looking for? Because I'm not because I care what they do for work. Or it's just, I, I just want to get an idea of what they say and who yes. they are. And if they go, why the do you want to know? They blah, blah, you know. So, and I think if, if, and I've always said this, if a man's a dickhead, he will give it away pretty quickly because he doesn't know he's a dickhead. So <laughs> <laughs> if he's going to be a dick, you'll, you'll see straight away he's a dick. Okay. But I've never, ever, ever turned up somewhere or he's turned up and I thought okay you are a dick because I would have you've, sussed you've that you've out known. beforehand it yeah. is easy you're so right god you can tell a lot by an email or a text these days yeah and 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 um you know if they send photographs themselves you know I just think I'm not interested in what you look like you know if they go this is me babe I'm just like okay cool. right so um, that's interesting so so the the looks never bothered you. Never it's not a thing. You don't even think about the looks. Can I ask another nitty gritty question? Go on. Hygiene. Is there like a do do you is there like a have a shower before we take our clothes off? You make sure you see them do it kind of vibe. Look, I think adult men know what they need to do. Right. Um, Right, right, right. So, especially when they're paying fifteen hundred dollars now, they're not. They're going to come with aftershave, and yeah, they come with aftershave. They come with gifts. They come, you know, shaking with nerves. They come. They've trimmed the ball sack. (laughs) (laughs) They've They've done everything, but I, you know, they do have a shower anyway because it sort of breaks the ice a bit. Yes, it's sort of like I'm taking my clothes off now. So now we're going to the next stage of the appointment. So yeah, so yeah, because these are all things that like. I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm yes. sure other people are intrigued. Yes. And the health check, you do, you, you know, you, I've never, ever touched with caught anything from a client. I caught something once of a boyfriend. That's always uh, a way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, always a way. Um, but no, I've never caught anything of a client. I haven't even caught a cold of a client. Oh. Um, yeah. And what's the most fun you've had? Like, what's the best? Oh, I mean, I'm sure that there's there's many, but like, what was like one of your best appointments? I think the most fun was one was with my dear client who's a who is a lawyer and we were in Melbourne and we were in a bar and it was me and another girl and again it was just just having fun and he said to us and I wrote about this in one of my books he said to us 
um, there was a table next to us of these middle-aged mums that obviously just left the office. There were nothing special. They were just normal mums. You could tell their mums were talking about the kids that had wedding rings. And he said to us, go and offer those women $1,000 each and see if they come up to the hotel room. Oh, whoa, this is juicy. Uh, and because I was had a few drinks, we were like, carriage, I was like, okay. <laughs> so me and this girl went up and we didn't look like, you know, actually we said, excuse me, we're high class escorts. This is our client. And my client was a very well dressed lawyer. He has offered you ladies $1,000 each to come upstairs with us. And they looked at each other and they went, fuck yeah. So <laughs> and was it like, um, was there an expectation to do something? Or no, was it, it wasn't just discussed. To drink. Oh, it wasn't, wasn't discussed. even discussed. Because I'd be like, but hold on, what do you want from me? No, no, no. Because if I'm coming up to drink and have a chat, I'll be there. No, no, no. <laughs> they were like, yes. So we came wow. upstairs. No word of a lie. Me and the other escort, we just sat there on the sofa going, this is brilliant. We don't have to do anything. And they both... I think one of them had sex with a client and the other one almost had sex with a client. And we were just sitting there going, oh, my God, these girls are wild. And then one of them dragged me to the toilet and said, I need to talk to you. And I thought, oh, God, this is the, this is the point of the night where she's going to go, you've made me do this. I feel disgusting. She sat on the toilet. She went, I'm in big trouble. And I went, why? She goes, I like this too much. Hell, and yeah. she got the $1,000 and she threw it all over herself on the bed. No word of a lie. And her husband was calling her, where are you? Where oh. are you? And she said, I'm in a hotel room with two hookers. He went, no, really, where are you? Oh, my God. Mummy's gone wild. I know. Mummies have gone wild. And I wrote a chapter in my book about that because if I say – people don't believe that. That actually happened. That was at the – I shouldn't say which hotel it was. But that, that was um, – these two women were fantastic fun. It was obviously a desire for them. You know what? I did a podcast interview last week, I think, or the week before. Not with another hooker, surely. No. <laughs> um, you're my first. Um, and I was talking about the motherhood experience and I said that I actually think that a lot of women lose their humanity when they become a mother because you have this persona thrown upon you. You are a mother now. That you're a saint. And there's probably a lot of women out there who are like, no, I'm still me. Yeah. I'm still fun. I'm still sexy. And maybe, you know, I, I think you don't get to the point where you're desperate to go and do that in a hotel room with a man you don't know if if you're not deeply unsatisfi unsatisfied, yeah. right? Like I think if you're not having fun with your partner and you're not, you know, doing whatever it is that lights you up, it's going to happen. You're going to have a need to um, like – I don't know what the word is, like, you know, do something different, I think break one the mould. I think one of them was bored shitless in her marriage. Yeah. Um, the other one had just had a baby. <laughs> it's just, like, bizarre. And they I just, don't think it's I, that bizarre. I, I couldn't believe they were doing it. And I just thought to myself, isn't that interesting? I wonder whether most women secretly desire this, you know. And they said, how much are you getting for this? And we were getting thousands for this. And we weren't doing – me and the other lady who I love dearly, she's – had babies now, actually. Um, we were just sitting there going, this is great. We don't need to do anything. I think women want to be desired. Oh, they, Women uh, want to be yeah. desired. And they, I want to be desired. My friends want to be desired. And if they're in a relationship where their husband doesn't make them feel desired, then maybe there's only a certain number of years and experiences and boring fucking weekends before you are sat at that hotel exactly. with a girlfriend. I have – I know, like um, – I don't want this to sound judgmental, but I've got – some young women in my life who are living the lives of 45-year-olds. And I'm like, but you haven't I had any exactly fun. I exactly what you mean. You're I like know. married with kids already. And, you, I and I keep thinking, you're going to have a fucking midlife crisis. Yeah, totally. Because you haven't. Like Chris and I both, we 
you, we pushed the envelope. We both had a lot of fun before we got together, you know, traveling the world, parties, all of that. Yes. Having sex with other people. Like, I think it's very important, at least for me, like, and definitely for my husband, like I know that he's that he's the one and we've chosen each other because we've actually like lived our lives. I think mine, and this is me, this is a lot of people might not feel like this, but for me, like my nightmare is to be like, I never did that. I never experienced that. Have I missed out? I'm so content where I am because like I'm done with hangovers, you know, like I'm, I'm content being a mummy and being in my season of carer. A, because I know that I'm still going to have fun and, and live my life. Um, you know, one of my favorite things to do, and we haven't done it recently because we've been really, you know, we're just busy with the business, but like, it's just have a date night with my husband, drink too much wine and laugh my tits off. Like I have so much fun with my partner. And I think that, I guess I'm the only reason I'm kind of yabbering on about this is because I just, I can see it could happen. I can see if I didn't feel valued and I didn't feel sexy and I was bored shitless at home and I was never having fun conversations with my partner and I was pent up and all I was was mum and I wasn't Tori who's fun and sexy and adventurous, I would 100% be sitting at a hotel bar with my girlfriend thinking about the old me and, you know, maybe one too many drinks you know, tips you over the edge, someone comes over, like, I, I can just, I can see how it could happen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that that would be, yeah, wow, that's wild. Yeah. Okay, so that was your funnest. Well, and, and she said, oh, I can buy my handbag with this money. <laughs> and she goes, oh, yeah, you saw that handbag today, didn't you? Oh, my God. But it was great, it was great fun. That was probably one of my first fun wow. jobs. Um, because it was just, it was great to be with other women, not physically, but just to have them, you know, around. And yeah. I know women are so fun. I oh, know, I just loved it. Can oh. I ask you about gifts? Like, have you yes. ever gotten an amazing gift? Um, yes, I've had beautiful gifts, jewellery, um, yeah, beautiful gifts. I mean, no one's ever bought me a car. No, they did buy my car off me, which was good because I couldn't afford my car at the time. So someone paid my tax bill. Yeah, no, wow. that was the wow. most romantic thing someone's done for me, to be honest. Oh, but that's bloody that's, handy. That was really handy. Um, no, I had great gifts, yeah. Well, you know, first class to LA. Um, Fun. You know, beautiful resorts. Yeah, no, I've, I've had a great time. It's, it's been a ball. And so coming out. Yes. Let's talk about it. Yes. Why? Okay. And, um, you know, I know that you, my God, it was like a whole people just lost their mind when you came out. Mm. Why did you decide to do it? You mean came out originally? As yeah, as, yeah, you know, you. Uh, okay, so I wrote, because uh, I wrote a book. Yeah. And. Um, and you, but you just thought you could have published that as like a anonymous, yeah, yeah. But I'm a journalist, and I know You're how like, this is my work. <laughs> but also, I knew that someone was going to find out who I was. Okay, and I wanted to own that. And yeah, also, I didn't see anything wrong with it. It was like a le- number one. It's a legal profession. The government's recognised it's a legal profession, and I wanted to sort of. Not that no one's Trailblaze. ever done this before. No, but I wanted to sort of give men a voice. Like, they're like everyone th- thinks that men who see escorts are like rapists or child molesters yeah, or, you know, and yeah, it's just yeah, very right. normal people. And I just wanted to also show that normal women worked in the industry. Mm. Um, and I had a book to sell, of course. Um, but it's a decision I made. I didn't, I didn't make it lightly. It was a very big decision for me. And I just, in the end, I thought, well, I'm going to own who I am because I don't really know how else to be. And I, didn't, I wanted to take control of that myself rather than get outed on dressing, with my dressing gown on and in the, you know, mm, in the front doorstep. Yeah, take so, the reins. I, yep, I can totally and see And I've that. always said this. If you own who you are, where can people go with it? 
Yeah. You know, they go, oh, yeah, can they slap they me can't. off it? They, they can't. Just, oh, that terrible woman. Yeah, but at least I've said I'm terrible. I've done it, you know. Yeah. You're so, so right. I've owned it. Amazing. And it's such a sense of freedom when you're honest. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to live in fear because I know women that do have double lives, that do live in fear, and it's horrible, horrible, horrible. How did you go with dating when you were I don't really date. Yeah. Did you find it difficult to meet people? No, not meet because I had that, you know, I was confident and, uh, you know, I, the, the, the more I became Samantha, the more confident I was. And Would you be open straight away with what you did? I pretty much had to be because I was, you know, just Google my name. And yeah, right. Um, and some men... Did some men get like a real like, oh my God, it's such a turn on, like oh, I, I'm living men. a fantasy. Most men I get to date that. this, you know, yeah. woman who's a sex expert kind of... Yeah, well, they, that's that, that's their perception of what I am. But you're like, no, mate, I'm here to hold your hand yeah. and give you a hand job at yeah, the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not even that sometimes. No, I'm just here to listen to all your problems and your shit. Um, yeah, no, but it's hard to date because men say they're okay with the job, but they're not really, and I don't blame mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, I just I just didn't date because mm. I just thought, why am I dating for free? And that's an <laughs> attitude sex workers have. Why am, why am I going to date for free when mm. I can get paid thousands of dollars to do this? And that's not always a healthy attitude. Well, I was about to say, did you crave? I guess you had a lot of intimacy in your life, but did you crave a partner after a while? Sometimes, or? yeah. Mm. And I craved doing something normal. You know, I, I'm si- I am sick of hotels. Yeah. I don't want to go to another hotel in my life. I say, yeah, but I literally said to my husband, oh, I just want to go to a fucking hotel and like <laughs> check in and put on a robe. Like, oh my God, that is like heaven to me. Oh, <laughs> so enough. I don't relate. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> or if I look at your life and I think, oh, how lovely. Like, you're just so normal. You know, nice. Beautiful house, beautiful husband, beautiful baby, beautiful dog. I feel very, very fortunate. I'm very, I'm in a period of my life where I feel very grateful. Thank you for saying that. It's really nice. Oh. Well, you, you know, I, you know I, 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 you know, I get it. Women look at my life and think, oh, so exciting, so glamorous. You know, so, uh, we, no, I've got a boring life. And I look at their lives going, Oh, it's so lovely. I, I crave that stability sometimes. Not yeah. stability because I'm stable. I, I crave that normality. Yeah. And, you know, most women would think, oh, you know, I'd love to be in a hotel room or being whisked away first class. And I used to think I'd really love a man just to ask me out to go to the movies mm. or just have a coffee Order a pizza me, on a Friday night. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was my thing. Um, and I think being an escort, being a public escort, there's a lot of men that don't necessarily want to date a public escort because it's embarrassing. What would their family say? And You know, blah, blah, judgment, mm-hmm. judgment, blah, blah. So I yeah. think that like, you know, people build up ideas of the profile and persona of someone. And I always think this, like everyone's just a human. Everyone is just, everyone has the same, like, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, like vital, you know, animalistic needs. Everyone needs and wants the same thing and, like, people could build you up to be this intimidating, glamorous but definitely wild and out there woman and, like, you're just sat in my house with me patting my dog Harry and, like, you're just another woman, you're just another friend, you're just another human. And I think that we all just need to be kinder to each other. Yeah, people have you been know? really horrible online about me. Every time there's an article, I don't even read the comments anymore, but no one's ever said it to my face. Oh, um, it's always the way, though. It's always the way. Um, but that, thank you, that's a lovely thing to say. You're but just, I'm pretty normal. I'm just knockabout. You know, I was just saying to you earlier that I wish I'd worn my tracksuit. <laughs> 
I, I did not make an effort, guys. I'm in a jumper and my workout leggings. And I was like, here's a chair so we can put our feet up yeah. when we took the interview. And look, don't think I'm wearing a ball gown. I'm just wearing jeans and a shirt. But to me, this is fancy because I used to wear tracksuits. I should have made more of an effort. But I was like, I just need to be comfortable yeah. right now. Fuck yeah, I think the older you get, the more comfortable yeah. you just want to be. I don't wear high heels. I haven't worn high heels in probably a year. But you're t- how tall are you? 5'8". Not massively too. What are you? You're tall. 5'9". Yeah. You, yeah. I think you look taller because you're so slight. You've got oh this elongated. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, let's. I'm just like conscious, like okay. almost kicking over an hour. I knew this would happen. I'm <laughs> not going to be able to get to it all, but I'm. I'll come I'm, back. I'm frothing. I'm frothing on this. Let's really quickly discuss um, you leaving the industry. Mm. And I guess my first question is: Was that connected to your sobriety? Was it separated? Mm. Tell us about leaving. That must have been a hard decision. Um, I got sober. F- I haven't had alcohol for four years. Um, okay, so sober before you left. Yeah, I don't. Did you find working sober. different sober? Found it easier. Easier. Yeah, because I You're less I tired. Didn't, yeah, yeah. I found me asleep. after a few wines. I'm like, shit. Do we have to have sex now? <laughs> no, I fell asleep with a client once, and I started sleep talking. And he was just during the day. Oh gosh. And I said, right. "Would you like a hamburger, or a cheeseburger with that?" And he said, "What?" I went, "Oh, oh." Sorry, he goes. You were sleep talking. I went. Oh, um, I just feel so comfortable with you. And he's like, doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got sober, and then I was uh, diagnosed with bipolar. Okay. Um, about eighteen months ago, and it made complete sense that I created two characters, and so I'm now medicated. And then the the more healthier I became. Um, mentally, the less you needed the job, the less think? I needed this woman to hide behind, you mm. know. And I didn't want to be someone. I didn't want to be someone. I want to be myself. And you know, I got a bit sick of the job, to be honest. Um, it would be very repetitive, I imagine. I mean, look, it's just a job, you know. We, I mean, I got paid handsomely for it, and I never got sick of the money. But I got sick of having, you know, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I can't be bothered. You know, I'm just exhausted. I, just, I know what it was. It wasn't physically drained. I was mentally drained. Um, and um, I just wanted to change. I've been doing it for 10 years. Well, you're like a therapist. I, I totally, totally like a therapist. can relate to like when you're client facing a lot, it is draining. It's so when draining. you're listening to people's problems a lot, it is draining. Yeah. And I got sick of, you know, to be honest, I got sick of being intimate with men that I didn't really want to be intimate with anymore. And I just wanted to have someone that I really did really fancy and love. So, yeah, I did. There was an element of that. Yeah. And with your sobriety... Mm. Was there a moment when you thought, I've actually got a bit of a problem here, I'm drinking yeah. too? And was it, is it alcohol that was the uh, problem? Look, I was a party cocaine champagne girl, you know, like everyone else in the East Sydney. Summers, yeah. And um, so, yeah, I, I, it became a problem. Yes, it became a problem. You just wanted it too much? Uh, no, I just, I didn't do it every day. And I, especially with drugs, well, that's what I mean, once in a blue moon. Um, but it was the, it was when I did do it. I wasn't – you could write my life off. Right. You know, I was – that was it. I was fucked. And I was going to fuck everyone else around me. Not literally, of course. That would have been a bit more fun than what I was doing. <laughs> but I was, I, I was like, destroying relationships. I was being uh, – my cleaner came in to find me unconscious in the hallway. Um, you know, I was insulting people. I was getting into high-risk situations. Unhinged. Yeah, unhinged behaviour. And, and then I wouldn't drink for two weeks. But when I did drink again, the same thing would happen. No control. You couldn't stop at a couple yeah. of drinks. Yeah. I've had friends who I recognise, it's like they, for them to have a good time, they need a bag. Yes. Or they need a lot of drinks. Yes. And I think 
it's sad to need that to have fun. Yeah. Well, that was me towards the end. And I had a light bulb moment and then I took myself off to recovery. Yeah. Good for you. And that must have been best hard. best thing I've ever Was it hard done. or it's, was it not hard? It is, it is hard. I mean, it's four years with no alcohol. Two years I had a bit of a relapse with something else. Um, but no alcohol for four years, which I'm really proud of. But, yeah, it, it, it's harder now than it was four years ago. Mm, because you feel like maybe you have control I again? I think I'm fine now. Yeah. You know, I can have a glass of wine. I probably could have a glass of wine with you and I'll be fine and I'll probably have a glass of wine tomorrow and be fine. But, but then six it's months, the add-on. I'd be setting a match, setting, setting light to my life again, mm-hmm. you know. So I have so much respect for the fact that you've once again, like it seems like in every aspect of your life you're very good at taking the reins and, and yeah, I, it's very admirable. It's very Thank admirable. You. I just feel like, to be honest, I feel like I've fucked everything up sometimes. And that I've, you know, I ha- one of the reasons I retired is because I, f- the more sober I get, the more, more I felt so guilty. I felt like, what have I done? I've come out as Australia's, you know, escort. You know, that's embarrassing for those close to me. You know, the effects of what I've done, the consequences. But when you talk about the reality of that, what is there to be embarrassed well, about? Because people, people think that it's, something different right there's always going to be stigma there's yeah. always going to be judgment and i reckon it's because it's women in control of course if men men male escorts yeah they go go gigolo even the word's yeah. nicer you know like <laughs> yeah. gigolos um but i think there is still a lot of judgment and it isn't for everybody you know and it's not it's you know but why does that matter if it's not for you then it's not for you well, that's right just look the other way if it bothers you that's right this is my problem with people who it, just hound other people i think it triggers people and you know i get that it's controversial i get that i know I, you know no one can say something about myself that i haven't said about myself already i i feel like i have uh, you know i am embarrassing i am controversial sometimes i do feel guilty i do feel ashamed you know um you don't need to tell me that i know that but, like, I'm sat opposite a woman who is, like, a trailblazer who, who who first was successful in journalism, who moved internationally, who's raised two kids. Like, you should be so proud of who That's you so are. Sweet. You've written two books. Like, even the dedication to write a book is – and let alone do it twice, you Thank know. Thank you. I, and I, also you're just you're, – you're open and warm and, and – like there's so much that you should be proud Thank of. Thank you. Well, you know, you don't see it. I don't see it myself. You know, people write to me online and go, "You're such an inspiration," and I say, "For what?" I just think to myself, "Why?" Like, I, you know, I feel like I've fucked everything up sometimes. You know, I had a great career as a journalist. Um, you know, I had a normal inverted commas quote marks life, and I sort of like completely self sabotaged that. Ran away. You know, decided to be an escort. Decided to be public about it. It's not easy. I did not make my life easy. I've pissed off a lot of people close to me. Um, I brought shame upon my family. It's not easy, you know. Mm. But but I can't help who I am, you know. And I think that's a really important message. It is not your families or your parents or your friends' role in their life to approve of you, you know. Mm. If it is not, and what you do for work doesn't define you as a person, unless of course you're a mass murderer. But but I, you know, I've really struggled with that. I've really struggled to be okay with who I am. That's working progress. Mm. And one of the reasons why I turned my back on Samantha, well, I never turned my back on Samantha. I love Samantha. She taught me so much. But I didn't want to. Um, I didn't want that life anymore. I was getting healthier. I did the best I could ten years ago with the tools I had. Mm-hmm. And now that my toolbox is healthier, and I've 
working on my toolbox. Yeah. And now I want a different life. And there's nothing wrong with what the life I had. It has had consequences, which I have to deal with or live with. Um, but now I want a different life. And, and well, you know, I have no doubt you'll get it. Your track record of like setting your eye on the prize <laughs> and then achieving it is quite phenomenal. Well, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with my life. Like I've done that. I'm really interested in, in NLP. I'm not whether you've heard of it. And neuro-linguistic programming. It's a form of coaching. I'm doing it at the coaching room. It's a fantastic way of um, learning to think differently. Um. And it, that I really think you would me. be an amazing therapist. Well, we've talked about yeah. Pilates and your love of it. Oh, I love you would be it. an incredible instructor. I mean, there's there's skills that you could put into your toolbox and use in an entirely new way. Like you could you could coach women. You know, one session could be around Pilates. One could be therapy. One could be NLP. Like, I think that your skill set is transferable, and we've seen that already. Your what you're good at is making people feel comfortable, holding space and opening people up. And the way that you open them up is that you're an open book yourself. Oh, thank you. And so as a journalist, of course, you had success with that because people want to tell you things. As a sex worker, people want to come to you and be in your company because you make them feel good. And see my boobs. And see your boobs because they are spectacular. <laughs> I'm looking at them right now. How? What What size are we? Oh, uh, look, they're actually too big now. I just <laughs> oh, feel like – Well, they're not great for Pilates. Yeah, I feel no, like, they I get feel in the like, way. No, they probably know. would get in the way on it, lying on your tummy. Yeah, they do, they do. But yeah, I'm addicted to. Look, I don't want to talk about Pilates because I know that you're probably bored of talking about Pilates. But I, I it's changed my that that's something that has changed my life as well. Um, I mean, it is it is why I do what I do. Really, this podcast isn't about fitness, but yeah. like I Pilates changed my life. It, right? It, How so? It, um, I had a back injury, and right. it it took away pain. It also changed my body. Totally changed. Um, totally changed my. It body. changes your body. More than the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Are you preaching to the choir? Oh, okay. I am trying but to why convert does the it masses. Change your body more than because gym? it works with your body. You lengthen. You strengthen. It. I mean, everything comes back to the core, um, and your posture. Yeah. You know, you're only as healthy as your spine is mobile. Really? Like, I believe it. I believe it because what is the point in having all these muscles if you can't bend down and pick something off the floor, or you can't pick up your child or crawl around with them on the floor. Yeah. I I think that my body, you know, I, I, and as a woman, it's totally fine to be like, I want to feel long and lean and strong. Like I, mm. I got that from Pilates. I felt like I was inflamed with other gym classes. Mm. It, you know what? So long as people are moving and they're happy, I'm happy. Mm. However, I think there is a certain magic to Pilates. There's a reason why it is popular amongst dancers and celebrities mm, because mm, of mm. The, the 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 payoffs. But it's more than that. It's mental health. It's it's ridding pain. It's I mean posture is everything, mm. particularly as you get older. Mm. Um, and so yeah, I just it. It, it sounds so lame, but I hear it a lot. Pilates changed my life. And I think that what I'm trying to do with Peaches is give people that that awakening, not only physically but mentally, that you don't have to punish your body to get stronger and to feel good. You want to nourish your body. There's nothing – and don't get me wrong, like it really annoys me when someone comes in and they're not, they're not ready to work hard. I think that there's a difference between challenging yourself and punishing yourself. Mm. Um you know, science has proven time and time again that Pilates is extremely beneficial for mental health because because of the form and the precision that is required, you can't think about the shit that's going on in yeah. your life because you're trying to tuck your tailbone and remain on all yes. fours and point your toe and lengthen and strengthen and all this. Yes. Um, 
And the other aspect of what I'm trying to do at Peaches is create a space where everyone, but probably I think it's it's okay for me to say that like our niche is women. I want to empower women. I want women to come into our spaces. And when I say come into our spaces, I don't just mean physical studios. I mean our online app, um, listening to this podcast and joining us in our realm. Like wherever you are, you're hearing this in your ears right now. Thank you for being here. But like, I want you to step into our world and our community and feel like I've found my people. Um, and the, you know, our, our whole business mission statement I mean, I'm the founder of the company. It's just little old me here. Like when I wrote that business mission statement when I was doing our staff handbook, it was literally, what do I want to do? And I said, I want to make people feel fucking awesome. And so I thought, all right, um, I'll make it an acronym, MPFFA, and that's that. No one can tell me. I've got no red tape. I've got no corporate telling me I can't have a swear word in my business mission statement. And that's what we set out to do every day. Um, And I think that the way that you do that is by just holding your arms open and also holding open the kimono and being like, hey, man, me too. I feel like that. Like, I think, like, for me, I feel so good when I'm around someone who I resonate with. And I just hate small talk. Yes. I hate it. I just want to talk about something real. And that's what this podcast is all about. I explained that to yeah. you. That, like, Peach's podcast is not about Pilates. Kill me now. I was it's- like, oh, shit, she's going to ask me all these no. questions. I oh, don't God. know any of this. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I just, uh, who the hell wants to listen to a podcast about fitness? Not me. Peaches podcast is about facilitating the conversations that our clients and and our instructors have, you know, whether it's on Instagram or in the studio, a quiet moment after class, a hug, maybe a little cry if we're going through a shit time. Maybe it's a coffee with, with, you know, with your classmate. Maybe it's, oh my God, should we go for a drink after this? It's like, it's that capturing that, I don't even know, that total realness, that unguarded conversation that kind of like only women have with each other I just love it I love like the amount of times I've been in the studio and someone's just dropped something totally raw on me and I've thought that's so awesome like if only everyone could hear this like only a couple months ago one of my clients said to me oh I I I didn't love my firstborn until he was four months old I just didn't love him didn't feel connected to him and I was like that do you know how many of my friends it, that hearing that could have changed their life mm. and it's those little things that I'm just trying to create space for and also like hit record on so that yeah, we yeah, can like yeah. get it to people you know yeah yeah I think that's great and I think you have a great great brand you know everyone knows peaches Pilates. oh my god stop it I can't Thank believe you. Amanda Goff is yeah. here saying that everyone, everyone, I mean I mean I live in Bondi and I've always um I had must go actually now because I, I do reformer so I will go and do that. now you've got to get yeah. on the mat with me girl oh my god do you still do you teach I do, but not very often. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've t- ticked over an hour. Yeah, because I know we're talking about Pilates now. You want to turn it off? Is it? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like, boring. <laughs> this is the bit I find it. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Um, but I just, um, I'm so grateful for you coming here and letting me ask you so many questions. Oh, look, uh, thank you so much. And look, you know, I, I, I struggle sometimes with, well, you know, the guilt and the shame. But when I meet people like you, Tori, you sure? who, 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 you know, make me feel that everything is okay and that, you know, my job was great. It was fun. I had a great time. Own it. I, you know, and that's what I struggle with sometimes is owning it. But, but yeah. look where you are. I know. You're, you're a homeowner. You've told me all kinds of things about what's next for you. Yep. You're incredible. Thank you. You should be so proud. Thank you. That's a very sweet thing to say. Thank you for having me. Oh my god, thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm gonna hit I'm gonna stop recording now. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Bye.